0: everyone, and welcome back to the Voice of Hope in the Darkness podcast series. Today's topic is anxiety, and we will be discussing what anxiety means, what it really looks like, and what you can do to speak life into those around you who are dealing with very real anxiety on a regular basis. Occasional anxiety, you know, is a normal part of life. Um, oftentimes, people feel anxious when they're faced with a problem at work before taking a test or making, like, a really big, important decision. Um, but anxiety disorders involve more than just temporary worry or fear. For a person with an anxiety disorder, the anxiety does not go away and can often get worse over time. The feelings can interfere with their daily activities. It can hurt their job performance or their schoolwork, their relationships. You know, there are several different types of anxiety disorders. You know, examples include generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and even social anxiety disorders. And these are really the five major types of anxiety that we see in people. So for like the generalized anxiety disorder, you know, this is something that's typically characterized by a chronic anxiety. It's this exaggerated worry and tension and that even when there's nothing there to provoke it, it can still come on in very heavy force. Obsessive-compulsive Compulsive disorder, often known as just OCD for a shorter term for it, is still an anxiety disorder, um, and it's characterized by our recurrent and you know unwanted thoughts. This like obsessiveness of these repetitive behaviors, and this this repetitive behavior, you know, it can be um, something like washing their hands often, counting things, checking things, cleaning. Um, it's really just stuff that's performed with the hope of preventing the obsessive thoughts or making them go away. Something to keep their hands busy. Um, to take some of that stress off their mind. Um, And so sometimes, you know, you'll see somebody with OCD performing these so-called little like rituals. And, you know, even though it just kind of provides that temporary relief for them, it's still, you know, it still increases the anxiety. It's still a very big part of that. Um, Another big one that we talked about is panic disorder. Um, It is an anxiety disorder as well. And it's characterized by this unexpected and repeated episodes of intense fear. Um, This is something that comes on. And when it does, it usually happens very suddenly, and it's accompanied by a lot of physical symptoms. You know, they can have chest pain, heart palpitations, you know, increased heart rate, shortness of breath, dizziness, abdominal distress. You know, a lot of it comes in. And it all comes in at um, full force, all surrounding this intense fear. Um, it's often something that seems kind of unexplainable to the world around them. It usually seems irrational to to those who are witnessing it happening. But that doesn't change that it's very real for the person who's having the attack Um, post-traumatic stress disorder is something that you probably have heard of before Um, it's often referred to just as PTSD for a shorter name for it um, and like the others, it is an anxiety disorder, and it can often develop after some sort of exposure to um, something traumatic, some sort of terrifying event or ordeal um, where there was either physical harm to the person or they felt like their life was in danger, this this very real threat. Um, and these traumatic events, you know, they, they can um, trigger these episodes where the person, you know, just can be, become very violent, fearful. Um, and it's usually stuff that's either, you know, it could be natural or human cause disasters, whatever it is, accidents, oftentimes we see it with people that come home from war, from like military combat, but it happens in a lot of different situations and it can lead to other symptoms as well and, you know, even put their own life in in harm when um, when these episodes occur. Um, and then there's also social anxiety disorder or it's also sometimes um, sometimes called social phobia and this is really a disorder that's characterized by an overwhelming anxiety that comes with their self-consciousness um, this feelings of self-doubt unsurety of how they fit into their social surroundings um, and it's often stuff that affects them in everyday life you know social phobia can be limited to only one type of situation like uh, intense fear of speaking in front of people or it could be something something very informal like eating or drinking in front of other people, Um, you know, it comes in very small forms as well as very severe forms, and it's, you know, it's often something that can hinder people on their day-to-day lives as opposed to something that happens more episodically. Um, but researchers are finding that um, there's a lot of different factors that play into why people have anxiety. You know, they're finding that there's genetic factors, and environmental factors, and, you know, frequently it's, it's in these interactions with um, the person who's dealing with anxiety and then somebody around them. And that's when they're really at risk for um, these anxiety attacks to come on. And, you know, there's specific factors that play into this, things that you can kind of pinpoint um, about people that may make them more susceptible to developing anxiety disorders later in their lives. But people who are typically more prone to shyness, behavioral inhibition, um, especially when you see it real early in their childhood, like to an or- abnormal sense. I mean, you know, if it's not properly cared for it, it definitely can develop into one of these anxiety disorders. Um, females as a whole are more prone to anxiety disorders than males are. And don't get me wrong, there are still plenty of men out there who deal with it and it is equally as real for them as it is for women. But something about the hormone levels within women, the way that they respond um, to a lot of the chemical imbalances that often occur just from um, being able to bear children, you know, having monthly cycles, all these things, these affect where their moods are at. And a lot of that can end up influencing... um, really the direction that their mind takes as far as, you know, developing anxiety disorders. Um, there's also, you know, natural issues that are separate from genetics or anything else that can cause anxiety, such as, um, you know, limited, you know, economic resources, feeling stress about where your next meal is going to come from, financial strain, um, a lot of this can cause anxiety for not having that safety, not having your basic needs met, and we've talked about this in in previous podcasts. That really, you know, within Maslow's hierarchy of you know the humans' basic needs, that there are those fundamental things that people need to know that they're okay, to know that they're taken care of, and it's not always necessarily the big things like education or anything like that, having a fancy home or riches or any of the excessive materialistic things. That that you you hear people wanting and you know pursuing but a lot of times it's those those basic necessary needs where is my next meal going to come from am i going to have a way to get to work to maintain a job to keep food on the table for my family am i going to have a roof over my head to sleep tonight these are very real things that when these needs aren't met of course this person's going to be more likely to develop you know one of these Anxiety disorders, Um, especially with like PTSD, we've talked about how exposure to stressful life events, um, when similar things happen in their lives or things that remind them of it, even if subconsciously it can trigger these memories and have these episodes um, take over for the moment. You know, a lot of this stuff, people who, you know, like children who are raised in war zones or people who are sent overseas, you know, there's a lot of that stuff that you see them coming back. But it doesn't have to be limited to to specifically just military instances. You know, there are plenty of things that can cause PTSD that, you know... are are often regular occurrences. You know, it could be something like a very severe car accident or a bicycle wreck. You know, there are different things like that that, you know, we see and hear it happening so often, but we don't always think about the long-term psychological psychological effects that it can have on a person well after the event. People who have close biological relatives with anxiety disorders can often develop them themselves. Something about being constantly exposed to that can, can give them this predisposition to develop it themselves, um, especially when they have you know, parents with a history of mental disorders and stuff. It can, it can have a, a trickle-down effect as well. Um, but the biggest thing is that there are so many ways to speak life into people who are dealing with anxiety and who are experiencing it on a day-to-day basis. Anxiety disorder, you know, it doesn't mean that the person is mentally inferior or deficient by any means. But unfortunately, the world often looks at it that way. They try and label people with a mental illness as one label that goes across the board for all of it. And and that's just not realistic. You know, people are unique. They are individuals. They're different from how everyone else thinks, processes information, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, by no means does somebody who's dealing with anxiety make them, you know, any less inferior than somebody who's dealing with diabetes or any other type of, you know, human condition that we come across. They are by no means inferior or deficient or anything like that. They just have an obstacle to overcome, just like any of the rest of us do with the things that we face as well. So the biggest thing is, is not viewing them that way. In order to overcome you know, some sort of disorder like this, the sufferers need to learn healthy ways of coping with life. Um, And often it's finding ways to eliminate the issues that are causing the anxiety. And it's difficult to usually get to the root of that to figure out what's really triggering it. Um, To that end, you know, overcoming anxiety disorders, it requires getting the right information, help, support, doing research, finding people that you can plug in with. Um, Rather than believing that, you know, it's something that they're trapped in and it's a condition that they can't do anything about, you know, that's not really true. That with the right information, the right help, the right support, they can overcome a struggle with anxiety disorders and for good. They can use this situation to propel them to do great things and to reach other people who have had similar backgrounds, experienced similar things, or been labeled the same way you know, the road to this lasting recovery, it's not easy, it's not quick, Um, But the truth is, lasting success, it really can be attained if there's effort and perseverance. And they need people like you to be that support for them as they're working through this. You know, there's no reason to feel sorry for the person. Um, Really, just offer your empathy and support. You know, and we're not talking about sympathy here. That's a big thing. You don't need to be sympathetic to them, and you don't need to feel sorry for them. Offer empathy Offer support. That is the best thing that you can do for that person. Reassure them that it's going to be okay. Anxiety, it can it can really create one of the strongest responses in the body, um, and it's. It's really a response. It's, it's intense emotions, it's feelings, sensations, symptoms, and it's a lot. It's overwhelming. It all happens at the same time. And that's why in the midst of like a real high anxiety, you know, this big attack, a person can feel like they're going to lose their mind, that they're going to have this breakdown. And they need you there to offer that support to let them know it's going to be okay. Encourage them to do something about their condition. You know, being empathetic and supportful, yes, is helpful and it's needed, but if that person isn't going to work to overcome this anxiety, your empathy and support may only enable them to remain stuck if there's not action that's then taken. You know, anxiety disorders, they only resolve when a person works at it. They truly have to want to overcome this. And you know, often these kind of things, they seldom resolve on their own. It takes that step, it takes that leap that they can get through this, that they can overcome it. And sometimes it takes a person like you pushing them to say, you really can do this. Encourage them to seek out that necessary help. And then encourage and support them as they're working through it to make these healthy changes to get better. Be available for them. Let these loved ones know that they can talk with you any time and without fear of judgment. One of the biggest things when people are dealing with mental illness is there's this fear that if they talk about it or admit that they've been diagnosed with it or that they're experiencing it or we're starting to spiral downhill, that there's this very, very real judgment that's attached with it. And it's really this its this stigma that goes with mental illness as a whole. That says for you to admit that you're experiencing this or walking through this means you're weak or means you're not good enough. And that's so far from the truth. The truth is, it takes real strength to admit that you're going through something that's out of your control, but that you're gonna make necessary changes to heal through. That's huge. So don't allow any kind of judgment or anything like that to stand in the way when that person's trying to communicate with you. Be open to what they're saying. Be receptive to the fact that this is something that's out of their control, but the fact that they're willing to talk about it means that they're probably at a state where they're willing to work through it. Let them know that you aren't going to change the way you think about them just because they're dealing with these issues, that they're the same person to you, that you're there to support them in whatever way they need. Letting them know that that they can count on you makes a huge positive difference in the person's recovery process. And keep in mind, too, it's going to take a lot of patience. Oftentimes, you know, people who are suffering from anxiety disorders, they, they can sound like a broken record. They can rehash the same topics and fears over and over and over again to the point that it's almost frustrating to listen to. And while you might understand the nature of their struggle and you might see it clearly and you might be offering awesome advice and frustrated because they're not understanding it or taking it at the, at the first time that you're telling them, just remember that them rehashing these same issues, it's because there's this fear that they've established with it. And they're trying to come to terms with that fear and talk it out and really figure it out for themselves because there is some sort of mental block there that's keeping them from seeing the big picture. So be patient with them. Empathize with them when they're going through this and don't patronize them. Try to be this supportive, loving, you know, empathetic person because you know, typically these people, they feel bad enough about what's going on in their life on their own. They've probably been hiding it for a while now. And the fact that they're finally opening up and talking about it is huge. That's a milestone. They don't want your sympathy, but they do want to, they, they appreciate your understanding. They want to hear what you have to say, or they wouldn't be talking to you about it. They want your compassion and the necessary time to get their condition under control. They want their life back too. If they're at the point where they're talking about it, that's what they want. So celebrate the small victories with them. Celebrate that they're on this journey and that they're overcoming these disorders and that they're, they're really taking their life into their hands and doing something about it. I mean, really, the road to lasting success in these mental illness battles, it is a lot of little steps. You don't just wake up one day and suddenly feel better or like you're okay again. I mean, it truly takes time. Make a big deal about these little steps with them encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. I can't say it enough. And above all, continually offer them hope. You know, anyone can overcome anxiety with the right information, the right help, and the right support. So freedom from problematic anxiety is attainable, even though it can be a lot of work. And your continued reassurance can help this person get through this this terrible journey of recovery. It's frustrating, and you have to know and understand that. Because once this person is recovered, you'll recognize the true value of the hope you provided. There's a really important quote to me that I really love, and it says, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. And I think this is something that anybody who's dealing with anxiety themselves or knows somebody that's dealing with, it's really something that you could share with them. And Matthew, I love this little part that talks about not worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. You know, each day truly has enough trouble of its own. And so when we allow our minds to, to not worry and stress about the things that are out of our control, the things that are tomorrow, when we turn that over to him, That relieves so much of that pressure and stress off of us. I want to read the entire little section to you in Matthew 6 because I think it will really speak to you about the care that the Father has for us as we're going through this. He talks about the cure for anxiety, and this is in Matthew 6. And it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? If that doesn't put your mind at ease, I don't know what will. Whether you believe in religion or not, that is completely okay. But knowing that birds and animals are cared for at all, whether it's by God or not, regardless of what you believe, knowing that they are cared for, that they're provided for, they're clothed, they have food, they have shelter, Know that you will be cared for the same way, that everything's going to be okay. So do not stress and worry about these things because they're out of your control. Let them take care of themselves. Worry about right now what you're doing, the care that you're putting into yourself. And tomorrow will come and then you can tackle that and that's okay. Take it one step at a time, one baby step at a time on this road to recovery. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in once again to the Voice of Hope in the Darkness podcast series. We would love for you to get connected with us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can visit our website at voiceofhopeinthedarkness.com. Until next time.